When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Live via iPhone, I'm Don McDonald. For some reason, my high-tech connection thing isn't working very well. We got it to work for Tom, but we couldn't get it to work for me, so I'm on the phone, and uh, we'll be like the same. You and I will sound similar now. When you call us at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. So stop by. Now, you know, on occasion, we have taken Robin Hood to task. Not the one with the merry men and little John and, you know, Friar Tuck, but the app, the trading app, because we think it encourages people to do dumb things. Well, in today's Wall Street Journal, Jason Zweig, uh, wrote about spending time as a trader on Robinhood. And Jason is someone who uh, agree, lines up with us about being a buy-and-hold investor, being diversified, keeping your costs low, not timing markets, not ta- tra- chasing hot stocks or trends or any of that kind of thing. Jason very much goes along with the things that we tell you here every single week. But he decided to take the deep dive into the lights, the excitement, the loud sounds, the screaming alerts. Wait, was it a deep dive, really? Oh, no, maybe not. It was a $100 <laughs> dive. That's true. He's not. He's still going to make the mortgage it payment the this Wall month. Wall Street Journal's money. I love that. We're going to try that, by the way. We've got expenses to see like, what happens. I can't afford to go with a 1000 WSJ. You get the big, big, big bucks. Well, I decided that I was going to try it, too. If Jason can do it, I'd never done it. I'd never been on Robinhood. So I signed up today. And it is like a video game. I see why people play on it. It's it's really cool. It's got like for example, I was watching Bitcoin of all stupid things, because it's right there on my main screen. And and it has this three dimensional chart and a little line, and it flashes, and there's all kinds. It's like a video game. It's or a casino. A casino. It's a lot what it looks like. And that's what Jason's wife said. He said he got kind of hooked up. He got hooked on it, and, and he, he said his discipline just kind of flew out the window. Like, and I'm not going to do it because I, my, I have an addictive personality. I'd be scared to do it that I would like it, and then that would be the end. I'd be trading my way to attempted nirvana. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to create a disciplined, non-disciplined approach to trading stocks on Robinhood. We're going to make this a weekly thing on the show. I have put, of my own money, by the way, not vestries. Yeah, don't try and expense that, mister. I'll be knocking that one down. $100. I put $100 in my Robinhood account right here on my iPhone. And then what I decided I was going to do, instead of like Jason's Y, trying to pick momentum stocks, I decided, why try to pick them? 
I am going to go totally random walk. I'm going Burton Malkiel all the way or monkey dart throwing. I'm going monkey dart throwing. So what I found online, there is a random stock picker. So earlier today, I clicked on the random stock picker. It gave me a ticker symbol. And I put in a buy at the open on Monday order, market order, for this particular issue. And I'm going to hold it for one week, one business week. I'm going to sell it just before the close on Friday. And keep track of how I do with my cyber monkey dart throwing madness or whatever. I think I really like my the McDonald monkeys better but it kind of a nice alliteration cyber mcdonald's cyber monkey business yeah that's not bad there's a cyber component to it but it's random so we're just going to play this game it's kind of like the stock picking game but i decided to do it that way that way i'm not trying to be smart and i'm not going to tell you any of you i'm not going to tell tom what the stock is that i got from my random generator because i don't want to influence the the direction of this game. And I want to be curious to see how you respond to all the bells and whistles and all the alerts and the green arrows and red arrows and the things that come at you, Jason says, that really get you going. Because Jason went into it with a – he was going to use a discipline, and he said after about three days he threw it out the window because it's just too exciting to try some of the ideas that they threw at him. Oh, and they turn it into – it's like a casino. Like I just got this thing that came up on my screen. It says, invite a friend. Get a free stock. You get, not only do you get a free stock when your friend signs up, just it, it appears in your in your account up to five hundred dollars, but you also get a chance, an entry into a a lottery to win Facebook or Berkshire Hathaway or Apple. Something to look forward to. We'll be watching those every Don will be giving us the update every week. Ryan, Matthew, and Lynn, we're coming to you right out of this break. Eight five five nine three five talk. If you have a question for Tom and Don here. On Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. If you don't have a financial plan, well, sometimes you just need a little help getting started. And we offer that free help to anybody in a meeting with one of our fiduciary advisors. To set one up, just go to Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, or call 800-386-3004. There's no obligation, no cost, and, I promise, no sales pitch. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Tom Cock and Don McDonald, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Here to answer your questions, and let's just get right to it. Uh, Ryan, patiently waiting, and joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Ryan. Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Hey, we hear you just great. Excellent, excellent. So I have a question but before i answer I give you guys this question i've got to set it up with a little context about six months ago i was looking at the world of, of finance just as the, the bottom was falling out from from everything um right when covid was just starting to really hit uh, uh you know the u.s and and sort of penetrate the markets and i had about a million dollars in cash just sitting on the sidelines that i've been just sitting on for a really long time i won't even tell you how long because it's, it's a long time and what i did with that million dollars is as soon as the, the market sort of 
went on its way down. I started buying into index funds. I'm a, I'm a big listener of your show. I figured, you know, these guys know what they're talking about. So I started buying ETFs. I bought the, the S&P index. Uh, and then I, I sort of tried to uh, put in some of my own thoughts on the market. And I bought into the Jets ETF. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but that's basically a collection of all the airline industries. And I'll tell you, I got extremely lucky, extremely lucky. Um, I bought into these things right around the second or third week of March. And, and if you're following these things, this is right when the market hit its low. And what I did was I held these all the way up until uh, until now. And what my question is, is, well, for, it, 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 and so the other thing I bought was oil, and that was an ETF that also pays a dividend. So those three things, a million dollars split three ways evenly into those three ETFs. And so my question now is, I get it. I got extremely lucky. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible market timer. I've never been good at it. I don't want to try it again. I've done it in the past. I've failed completely. Um, I, I want to, I need to take some of this cash out to, to purchase another investment in real estate. Um, my question to you is, if you were me, what would you do right now, knowing where we're at in time and knowing sort of, the future, well, sorry, not knowing the future because no one can predict the future, but sort of uh, knowing that we've come, you know, we've already we've already uh, essentially gained all of our, our losses back in the S&P. Um, oil is still sort of uh, on the downturn. You know, that you look at airlines, that industry, it's starting to tick up a little bit, although we're probably not at full capacity, and who knows, you know, how long. All right, Ryan. Last. Okay. You, give, you painted a good picture yeah. here for us. So, But my question to you still would be, out of the million, how much of that money do you need for your next real estate project? About half of it. Okay. About half. So, and... And this, I'm assuming all this money is post-tax, like a brokerage, regular taxable type of account. It is. Yeah. So there's two things to consider here. First of all, the Standard & Poor's 500, I do not consider a speculative investment. That is reasonably well diversified. It's among 500 large securities. But when you start getting into things like jet ETF and oil, those are highly speculative. You made a bet. It worked out. But here's the bigger question. So they're way up, as you pointed out, from April uh, or from March. If you went and sold all of that, you would have a huge tax bill, correct? Correct. So, I mean, here would be my take. If you really said, I want to leave some of it in the market, the money I would leave in the market would be in the S&P 500. I, if it was, again, my advice would be sell some this year, maybe sell some early next year so that you get two years of uh, you can sort of take the, the tax hit over two years but otherwise there's no great piece of advice i mean you made a speculative bet on a couple of investments it worked out we're very happy for you yeah and there's there's no sort of like tax loss harvesting or maybe could i roll it into a you know a 401k or do some sort of backdoor roth i mean i hear these terms sort of thrown around to to help with the you know the tax implications of it is there any sort of strategy that i could take advantage of there there really is not. I mean, in terms, because you're, if, here's the only strategy I know of. You either are going to pay short-term capital gains tax rates, which will be at your normal income tax rate, or you're going to pay a long-term capital gain rate. And depending on your income, that's either going to be 15, 20, or perhaps 23%. So if you can stretch it out, not take it, you know, as I said, sort of put off more of it so you hold it for at least a year, you will reduce your tax bill from your regular income tax rate, which is generally higher 
than the 15 or 20%. So that might be a strategy. But other than that, there is no way to sort of move that to another place to take that, put it in a 401k or anything like that that would avoid those taxes. No. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's good to know. By the way, I heard you guys talking about uh, Robinhood. There's a, there's another app out there that you might've heard of it. And I don't work for these guys, so I'm not trying to promote them or anything like that, but I use them because I love the, their, their strategy and their, their, uh, what they do, it's it's an app called Acorns, and what it does is when you when you buy anything, your credit card, your bank account, they round up yeah. to the nearest yes, dollar, very, and they thank put you. that into Yeah, them. Ryan, we got to go because yeah. we have other people waiting. We're very familiar with Acorns. We've we've been a promoter of Acorns on this program for many years now. <laughs> Don and I both use it. We love we it. Love I think it's a, I, I think it's a phenomenal service because what it does is exactly what you said. When you spend money, it rounds up the difference in sort of spare change, puts it right into a low-cost portfolio of exchange-traded funds. It's pretty diversified. I love it. It takes no discipline to invest. Ryan, thank you very much for your call. It's easy, easy, breezy. We love acorns. On the other hand, Robin, not so hey, all right. I'm, I'm back here. It's working for a minute. Go ahead. Who's next? Uh, Matthew's up next. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. We hear you very well. All right. Great. Okay, so um, not a whole lot of money here to talk about, but just need some direction. Um, my wife and I were both 50. And we wanted to be debt-free, which we achieved early on, um, the beginning of 2020. And we put away 50000 We want to stay in the place that we're at. Uh, we like it. And just kind of cabin in the woods type of deal. But we want to purchase a home. and <clears throat> But we also want to invest. Now, she has a 401k. I own my own business. We're talking combined income. Mm, probably 140,000. What would you do to start off and invest? And I mean, how would you first base, I guess, is where I'm at. Well, Matthew, what, what, what do we have to invest? Do we have anything right now? Yeah, we got about, we, well, we've, we've saved up uh, the last nine, eight, nine months, 50 grand. So, you know, there's nothing else. There's there's no IRAs. There are no IRAs. He said there's a 401. His wife's 401k. No, that, as well. well, my wife has a 401k. 401k. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I have a sole proprietorship business. So, what would you do? Like, do an FHA loan, get in in 3%, keep the money aside, well, and start a mutual fund or start. Well, now, wait. You know, you're I, living, I you're living wanna... in the cabin right now. Is that right? The, the house in the woods. Yep. You're yep. living in that? Yep. We, so, and we don't have any you, payments. We're debt free. So you want to keep that as a second home? We well, we want to. It's it's uh, yeah. We want to keep it as a recreational property. I just became a grandfather. Okay, so you want to be in you want to be in another house somewhere else? Right, exactly. I'm not okay. actually from actually, Linwood, like like she mentioned. It. Yeah. Hang on. Hey, hang we'll on come back Matthew. to you, Matthew. Hang on, Matthew. Let's take a broke break. A broke. A break, and then let's because uh, Before you end up buying a financial product that you'll regret later, either call us on the podcast or the show, or if you need a little more time, that's why we offer free meetings with our fiduciary advisors at Vestory with no cost, no obligation, 
and no high-pressure sales pitch, I promise. Just give us a call at 800-386-3004, or better yet, just set up an appointment at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. Give us a call at 855-935-8255. We're talking to Matthew. Matthew has a little house in the woods and wants to get another place. And Matthew, pardon my being a bit of a pain, but I'm trying to get real clear on this. You want another house for what reason? Exactly. We want to be in between where we're working and um, we're pretty much... Too much of a commute. In one okay. bedroom, we'd like a two-bedroom, a larger house. How much will this new house cost you? Are you? You've probably shopped. Yeah, I mean, you can get. We're looking at the Connor area, so, so you're looking at what four hundred thousand? Yeah. Here's the issue, because as you said, you're now debt-free. You're not going to be debt-free anymore. But you're going to need a decent right. down payment. You're going to need a decent down payment, which is going to eat up almost all of your fifty grand. Okay. So, would so you basically, what you need to do is probably save that for your down payment. Then, okay. once you're in the house, you've got all that settled in. Then you need to start making regular contributions, as much as you can put away within your household budget, into. IRAs or Roth IRAs. It sounds like you guys could do Roth IRAs. Well, and she, he's got his wife's. Uh, he's got his wife's four hundred one k. Depending on, by the way, the amount you could set aside. There's a number of things that would allow you, as a small business operator, to save a little bit more than you could in a standard IRA. That might be worth looking into. I'm with Don. Take the fifty, put that in short-term bond fund, high-yield savings account, something like that, so it's ready to go for whatever down payment you're going to need. Put whatever money you may need. I, I'm thinking. Depending on the deal today, I mean, you mentioned the FHA, so obviously that's a much smaller down payment. But depending on the deal, you're going to probably need all that 50 and maybe a little bit more. Have your wife continue to put the money in the 401k. And and then once all that's settled, then you could start thinking about ways you could set money aside for retirement in a in a in an IRA, a Roth IRA or, uh, as I said, maybe something. Yeah, something that has more options to save additionally as a small business owner. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, it does. That's a big help. We're, I mean, we're not in a in a point where hey, we're going to run out and buy this place tomorrow. It's it's more like you know, uh, this is exactly what I needed to hear. So um, you know, if we need to save up another fifty grand and it takes six months to do, well, then that's yeah, fine. You should you, know you I mean? should do okay. You're going to need the whole fifty though, pretty as Tom said. So uh, really, investing is something you're going to do once you get settled into the new house. You could do a little bit of it on the side, just, you know, a regular monthly contributions, either toward, you know, get a simple IRA or a an I-401k or something like that. But for now, keep that money safe for the down payment. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you very much for your call. 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. We're going to talk to Lynn here in a couple of minutes. I just want to mention my neighborhood. I don't do, I, we're not, we don't promote much on the show, as you know. But I'm so proud of our little neighborhood here because those of you who know me know I live in Maltby. It's a, it's a small place. And we have this restaurant called the Maltby Cafe that's been here for like 40 years. And like a lot of uh, other I small hear killer, businesses. Killer cinnamon rolls, right? 
Yeah, the cinnamon rolls are ridiculous. They have these huge breakfasts. It's very popular. But, of course, the last nine months have been extremely difficult on the restaurant business. I went in there a couple of weeks. You remember me talking about this, to buy a cinnamon yeah. roll oh, for my wow. daughter. And the woman started crying when I said, I hope you guys are going to be okay. I didn't know how dire it was. It turned out it was extremely dire. They were getting ready to shut the business down after about 40 years. Well, someone put up a GoFundMe page for them, the Maltby Cafe, and they've already raised a hundred, basically $100,000 there, which they announced today, that's enough. We'll be able, it, it appears, of course, we don't know what's ahead, but it, will, it appears that we'll be able to survive. They, By the way, for a restaurant, they pay health. I think they even said they have a retirement plan. It's very progressive and uh, <laughs> not very healthy oftentimes, but it's very progressive. So I just want to say I'm extremely <laughs> proud. You go and look at, you go look at the GoFundMe page. There are people giving $1,000. This is for a small a small restaurant in the basement of a building about 200 yards from where I'm wow, speaking. So I'm very this. proud of the residents of Maltby and, and the area Jeff for putting Glickman. that together. Jeff Glickman put in a thousand bucks. Love it. Wow. Love it. 855-935-TALK. Great holiday story. We'll be right back with more here on Talking Real Money. Thanks for listening. Tom and Don are talking real money. There's a science to managing money. I call it financial physics, and you can get a free copy of my easy-to-read book, Financial Physics, at TalkingRealMoney.com slash free, or there's an interactive version available on Apple iBooks. It's called Financial Physics. That's spelled with an F, and you can get it free at TalkingRealMoney.com slash free or in the Apple Bookstore. Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Our telephone number, and we are here live and in person. We want to help you. 855 935 Talk. 855 935 8255. You're laughing when I said we want to help people? How's that funny? No, I said you said we're live, and I said sort of. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying, but we are here. It's. Yeah, we are. It's here. been trying and we are trying. So, and Lynn has been kind enough to wait a long time to ask us a question. Lynn, thank you for your patience and welcome to the program. How can we help? Thank you very much. Can you hear me? We hear you just yes. great. Yes. Okay. I appreciate and I'm happy to visit with you, Don, and I'm happy to make my acquaintance with you, Tom. I, I, Tom, I've listened to you, Don, since the 80s when you were in Denver at K-How, <laughs> so long time. I'm old. I know. I know. Me too. You have been my mentor. <laughs> I've listened to everything you've ever said and tried to follow through with everything you've ever thank offered. You. Anyway, well, I you have do for a, you today? Thank you. Big time with, uh, uh, lover of... Jack Bogle, the founder of the Index Funds, and when when he did that, I moved everything to them. I have basically everything in Ross today. Uh, do have a uh, uh, brokerage account, and that's what I'm calling you about. With the sadly, I have grave concerns with the potential of our future political administration and the potential of the the capital gains taxes increases. And I just wonder if you all would give any advice as to whether I should rebalance and exchange nearly a half a million of VTSAX to uh, VBTLX, the bond fund, 
Um, so you're, well, I want to make sure I'm understanding your question. What, what you're really asking is, it sounds like a couple of things. You don't trust the future because capital gains taxes may go up. Correct. And should you be selling stocks and buying bonds? Am I hearing that correctly? That's right. Okay. So here's, here's my take on tax policy. Argue with it if you wish. Okay. My t- always take on tax policy is, it is what it is today. Because we have no, and yes, Joe Biden has has suggested has is promoting the fact that they there's a number of things by the way that uh, from a taxation standpoint that might be unpleasant to some that uh, that he is promoting and yes capital gains tax increase is among them but I would not make changes in my portfolio based on that I would never pay taxes until really till I have to unless you said look I've I here's the only re- reason I'd look at this differently and Lynn if you said I've made enough money in stocks I'm now going to have enough money for my retirement I want to take some risk off the table that would be a different thing and as Don said earlier under that circumstance yeah you pay the taxes you get on with your life that's part of making money but if it was simply because I think the future is going to look like X and I want to make that change I would not do that I think that is a poor way to manage your portfolio okay and man and, and Lynn, 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 how long have you been yeah. listening to me? Well, since the 80s. 80s. Okay. Now, do, you, do you ever remember me telling anyone ever to sell based on future political or economic situations? No. Ever? No. Never. Not at all, I've never not. said it. In fact, no, I've told people, it. no matter how bad it looks, no matter how bleak the future appears in our imagination, it's rarely one what we expect it to be, and it's rarely as bleak for as long as we expect it to be. Lynn, Hi. thank you very much for your call. Eight five five nine three five talk, and uh, that's nice that she's listened to you since the late nineteenth century. I think that's wonderful. No, 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 late twentieth century. I don't, look, I don't look half my age. You don't really do that. Uh, let's go back to the phones, Nancy joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Nancy. Hi. I have all of my mutual funds with Vanguard, but I have three separate securities that are held um, with CompuShare, and I'm wondering if I should have Vanguard hold those two. CompuShare? I mean, yeah, yeah, Yeah. CompuShare is a place where where they will hold your, your... individual stock sort of certificates will there'd be the record yeah, keeper right. of the, individual they're a transfer securities. agent yeah yeah um you know i would only for the following reason just it makes it simpler to have all of your sort of things like that in one place you can go online you can look at them i have great sense of trust in vanguard as a custodian i think they custodian somewhere around 10 trillion dollars so i think they're pretty sturdy and uh, so yeah I, we're I think talking real money idea. again yeah, I mean, so I think that that would be a good idea. It sort of cleans things up. It simplifies them, Nancy. It's all there in one place. And there's not going to be any difference between having those securities, frankly, a copy share than it would be at Vanguard. 855-935-8255. Give us a call. We'd love to help you here on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Everybody needs help with their money now and again, and if you need more help than we can give in the course of this podcast or show, set up an appointment with one of our advisors for a free, actual meeting with no obligation and no high-pressure sales pitch. Just go to Vestory.com, that's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, or call 800-386-3004. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. 
here every Saturday, well, and weekdays, too, because you can call anytime to 855-935-TALK. That's 8255. If you're like me, you're challenged about all the letters. I'd like yeah, numbers yeah. better. Yeah, it's you're easier for me. by the letters. <laughs> I'm challenged by something. every day. We do. We have podcasts uh, pretty much every day at TalkingRealMoney.com, so go check those out. Please do. Let's go back to the telephones. Adam waiting and now joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Adam. How can we help? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to ask you about your take on the Mega Backdoor Roth conversion. So a backdoor Roth, a backdoor Roth is different than a Roth conversion. The, so a backdoor Roth, I, so goes, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, my, I just recently found out my employer uh, allows this, uh, the, I guess the in-service, uh, the, the in-service rollover, they, they call it or the in-service um, conversion. I'd be eligible to put like another 17000 in. I w- just wanted to get your take on, on that. I li- I mean, this. so you work for a larger company, I'm imagining, correct? I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. So this is just another way to save more money for retirement. And the idea here is it's going to be post-tax. It will grow, you know, tax-free, basically. I, I am in favor of it. I think it, um, gosh, somebody's going to give me the, say I have the wrong number. But I, leave, I believe it. like Microsoft, you can save up to like $54,000 a year now between, you know, pre-tax, post-tax, and then post-post like this. I think it's a great ours idea. Is, I don't ours know why. Is 50, 57,000 for, for 2020 okay. is the, the information we just got. I think if you, if again, this goes into your overall planning, Adam, in other words, if, if it's money that you do not need your money that you can afford to set aside for retirement, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Very good. Very I good. Yeah. It looks, yeah. I mean, everything, it's not a, it's not a huge, uh, we wouldn't be making a huge sacrifice to put the 17,000 in there. And if, if, I, I, I'm I'm right on your on your train of thoughts. So I, I appreciate that. No, and I think yeah, again, it, if, it really does. I mean, and, and uh, depending on which plan you're in, you might consider. Can you can you have a different asset allocation in that particular part of the plan, or does it have to be the same all the way across? As far as I know, you can spread it out across any of the anything you'd you'd want to, or any of the the options that are available within the plan. So if you really want to try to make the very most of this, the post-tax money, you might want to make that a little riskier. In other words, have that more in stocks than in bonds because that is going to grow tax-free where the pre-tax money is going to grow. But when you take it out, you'll have to pay tax on it. So if you want to gain sure. it even more, ramp up your stock holdings in the post-tax money. That seventeen thousand because it gets the tax free growth, but I think that's a great idea. Absolutely, very good. I, I appreciate you guys' take on it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Adam. Happy All holidays. Our uh, phone number again eight five five nine three five talk. Let's go back to the phones where Chris stands by, standing by, joins us now on the program. Hi, Chris. Hi. So I've recently rebalanced my uh, all my funds. And I spread it evenly across uh, 25% across four different funds, Vanguard Balanced Index, Vanguard Mid-Cap Index, Vanguard Total Bond Market, and Vanguard Total Worldwide Stock uh, Index. Therefore, when I look at my my, uh, uh, mix, my asset allocation, I would expect to see in their little pie chart that 25% is in bonds. 
However, when I actually look at it, it shows 34.5%, even though I have almost exactly the same amount in each of those four funds. Are some of the the non-bond funds have a slush fund inside of them where they are holding 15%? No, no, here's the deal. Did you just say Vanguard balanced index? Yes. That is 40% bonds. Oh, okay. That's gotcha. why your allocation is 34. I think you're making this more complicated than it needs to be. One, get rid of balanced and just use the total world and get rid of the mid cap too. Just use the total world and the total bond index. If you want to add a little bit of risk that has, that is risk that has shown additional historical return, Put a modicum into the Vanguard small cap value index. So then you'd have a three fund array. You could have whatever part you want to have in bonds just in one fund. Which I do agree it's confusing yeah. if you have it more than one. And then, um, and this is by the way, by the way, we recommend stock funds and bond funds separately. If you're going to have more than one fund, you could own the balanced index fund. If you want just one fund, it's sixty forty. It's easy to do it that way. But I like what Don says here. You have your your uh, U.S. and international, basically large cap stocks, you supplement that with maybe 20% in small and then the rest of it yeah. in bonds to give you the balance. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, and if you yeah, want I that 25% bond allocation, you're going to have to do it the manual, the two or three fund way. Okay, the 34% doesn't bother me, that, uh, but I just wanted to know, I'm a numbers guy and I was running this in the spreadsheet and it didn't add up for me. Um, yeah, there is, is there, there's not an advantage of doing the, the, does the total world also include the mid caps Yes. or not? Yes, okay. it does. Yeah. I was, I was just trying to go for maximum distribution across different. No, categories. You, you have, you, you will have the truly the entire global market with the exception of a few little penny stocks, lightly traded things. But the reason we suggest talking in small cap value is because it is one asset class that has shown historic, and I do mean large historic, outperformance over decades. So you throw a little of that in, even though you have small cap in the total stock fund, you don't have much of it. And I, we think it's better to overweight small cap value than to overweight mid cap, which is what you're doing right now. Chris, thank you very much for your call. And again, Don is exactly right on it. And that's why our friend Paul Merriman, by the way, tells people to have a uh, a balanced type fund and then add in the small because you have so little exposure to it. By the way, small has been the market leader here for about the last month and a half up over small value up over, I think, 22%. So you want to own that. Those premiums get paid in a very short period of time. Often we don't see it coming and you want to take advantage of it. Let's see if we can get to another call here. Tori joins us on Talking Real Money. Go ahead. Yes, hi. I was just wondering, I have about $2 million in the, all of it in Roth IRAs in the total stock market index fund, and I have about a half a million in a 401 rollover. I was just wondering if it would be in my best interest to roll that all into the uh, Roth uh, IRA and eliminate the, the rollover and paying the uh, Capital gains. Uh huh. Say it again. 
Well, you'd you be paying more than capital that. gains tax. You'd be paying I would regular be income. Yeah, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about your tax. It, well, okay, first of all, let's just go. What we're trying to say is going back. You, on the 500000 should you want to put that into a Roth IRA, you would be paying regular income tax rate to do so. Right. It's okay. just in, they're just looking at that as income. Um, so I don't know anything about your tax situation. Generally, that's not a good idea because you're paying a lot of tax right now. You're, if you already have $2 million in Roth, well, you have a lot of post-tax money. I, so, again, I don't know why you'd want to run out and do that other than, hey, now all my money's in Roth. Great, but you gave up 30% of the 500000 to the government for the pleasure of doing that. I don't think that's generally yeah, a good I strategy. Having, no. I think having a mix of, of, of uh, taxable and non-taxable retirement money is probably the smarter way to go at this juncture because you're getting close to retirement. You're going to pay a lot of those taxes. You're probably not going to save it in the long run. Thanks for the call. 855-935-TALK. Call anytime. Tom and Don are talking real money. If you don't have a financial plan, well, sometimes you just need a little help getting started. And we offer that free help to anybody in a meeting with one of our fiduciary advisors. To set one up, just go to Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, or call 800-386-3004. There's no obligation, no cost, and, I promise, no sales pitch. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. If you have a quick, easy question, we can answer it anytime at this number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. You can call 24-7. But if you have a more complex situation and you need some help, you don't know where to turn, you're afraid to get ripped off, well, don't despair. We got fiduciary advisors that are committed to helping you with no obligation, at no cost, and with no high-pressure sales pitch. Just set up an appointment. They're free at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.